0: Book twenty-four, part two of the Iliad of Homer, rendered into English blank verse by Edward, Earl of Derby. This Librivox recording is in the public domain. Your reader, Michael Armenta. But when Achilles had indulged his grief, and eased the yearning of his heart and limbs, uprising with his hand the aged sire pitying his hoary head and hoary beard he raised and thus with gentle words addressed alas what sorrows poor old man are thine how couldst thou venture to the grecian ships alone and to the presence of the man whose hand hath slain so many of thy sons many and brave an iron heart is thine but sit thou on this seat and in our hearts though filled with grief let us that grief suppress for woeful lamentation naught avails Such is the thread the gods for mortals spin, To live in woe, while they from cares are free. Two coffers lie beside the door of Jove With gifts for man, one good, the other ill, To whom from each the Lord of lightning gives. Him sometimes evil, sometimes good, befalls to whom the ill alone, him foul disgrace and grinding misery o'er the earth pursue, by God and man alike despised he roams. Thus, from his birth the gods to Peleus gave excellent gifts, with wealth and substance blest above his fellows. O'er the Myrmidons he ruled with sovereign sway. And heaven bestowed on him a mortal an immortal bride, yet this of ill was mingled in his lot, that in his house no rising race he saw of future kings, only one only son he had, one doomed to early death nor is it mine to tend my father's age but far from home thee and thy sons in troy i vex with war much have we heard too of thy former wealth above what lesbos northward Macar's seat contains and upper phrygia and the shores of boundless hellespont tis said that thou in wealth and number of thy sons wast blest. But since on thee this curse the gods have brought, Still round thy city war and murder rage. Bear up, nor thus with grief incessant mourn. Vain is thy sorrow for thy gallant son. Thou canst not raise him, and mayst suffer more to whom in answer priam godlike sire tell me not yet illustrious chief to sit while hector lies uncared for in the tent but let me quickly go that with mine eyes i may behold my son and thou accept the ample treasures which we tender thee Mayst thou enjoy them, and in safety reach thy native land, since thou hast spared my life and bid'st me still behold the light of heaven to whom Achilles, thus with stern regard, old man, incense me not i mean myself to give thee back thy son for here of late dispatch by jove my goddess mother came the daughter of the aged ocean-god and thee too priam well i know some god i cannot err hath guided to our ships no mortal though invent'rous youth would dare our camp to enter nor could hope to pass unnoticed by the watch, nor easily remove the ponderous bar that guards our doors, but stir not up my anger in my grief, lest suppliant though thou be within my tent, I brook thee not, and Jove's command transgress he said. The old man trembled and obeyed. Then to the doorway, with a lion's spring, Achilles rushed, not unaccompanied, with him, Automedon and Elemus, his two attendants, of his followers all, next to the lost Patroclus, best esteemed. They, from the yoke, the mules and horses loosed, then led the herald of the old man in, and bade him sit, And from the polished wain the costly ransom took of Hector's head. Two robes they left, and one well-woven vest to clothe the corpse, And send with honour home. Then to the female slaves he gave command to wash the body, and anoint with oil apart that priam not see his son lest his grieved heart its passion unrestrain'd should utter and achilles roused to wrath his suppliant slay and jove's command transgress when they had wash'd the body and with oil anointed and around it wrapped the robe and vest. Achilles lifted up the dead, with his own hands, and laid him on the couch, which to the polished wain his followers raised. Then, groaning, on his friend by name he called. Forgive, Patroclus, be not wroth with me if in the realm of darkness thou shouldst hear that godlike hector to his father's arms for no mean ransom i restore whereof a fitting share for thee i set aside this said achilles to the tent returned. on the carved couch from whence he rose he sat beside the wall and thus to priam spoke old man thy son according to thy prayer is given thee back upon the couch he lies thyself shalt see him at the dawn of day meanwhile the evening meal demands our care not fair-haired Niobe abstained from food when in the house her children lay in death, six beauteous daughters and six stalwart sons, the youths, Apollo, with his silver bow, the maids, the archer queen, Diana slew with anger filled that Niobe presumed herself with fair Latona to compare her many children with her rivals too, so by the two were all the many slain. Nine days in death they lay, and none was there to pay their funeral rites, for Saturn's son had given to all the people hearts of stone. At length the immortal gods entombed the dead, nor yet did Niobe but now, her grief had worn itself in tears from food refrain, and now, in Cypolis, amid the rocks and lonely mountains, where the goddess nymphs that love to dance by Echyis' stream tis said were cradled, she though turned to stone, broods o'er the wrongs inflicted by the gods. So we too, godlike sire, the meal may share. And later, thou, thy noble son, mayst mourn, To Troy restored. Well worthy he thy tears. This said, he slaughtered straight a white-fleeced sheep. His comrades then the carcass flayed and dressed. The meat prepared and fastened to the spits, roasted with care and from the fire withdrew. The bread, a domedin, from baskets fair apportioned out. The meat Achilles shared, they on the viands set before them fell. The rage of thirst and hunger satisfied, in wonder, Priam on Achilles gazed his form and stature as a god he seemed'd, and he too looked'd on Priam and admired his venerable face and gracious speech with mutual pleasure, each on other gazed till godlike Priam first address' his host. Dismiss me now, illustrious chief, do rest and lie we down in gentle slumbers, wrapt for never have mine eyes been closed in sleep since by thy hand my gallant son was slain, but groaning still, I brood upon my woes, and in my court with dust, my head defiled now have i tasted bread now ruddy wine hath o'er my palate passed, but not till now thus he his comrades and the attendant maids achilles ordered in the corridor two mattresses to place with blankets fair of purple wool o'erlaid and on the top rugs and soft sheets or upper coverings spread. They from the chamber, torch in hand, withdrew, and with obedient haste two beds prepared. Then thus Achilles spoke in jesting tone. Thou needs must sleep without, my good old friend, lest any leader of the Greeks should come, as is their custom to confer with me of them whosoever shall find thee here by night forthwith to agamemnon would report and hector might not be so soon restored. but tell me truly this how many days for godlike hector's funeral rites ye need that for so long a time i may myself refrain from combat and the people stay to whom in answer, Priam, godlike sire. If by thy leave we may indeed perform his funeral rites, To thee, Achilles, great will be our gratitude, If this thou grant. Thou knowest how close the town is hemmed around, And from the mountain, distant as it is, the trojans well may fear to draw the wood nine days to public mourning would we give the tenth to funeral rites and funeral feast then on the eleventh would we raise his mound, the twelfth renew the war if needs we must To whom Achilles, swift of foot, replied, So shall it be, old Priam. I engage to stay the battle for the time required. Thus speaking, with his hand, The old man's wrist he grasped, In token that he need not fear. Then in the corridor lay down to rest Old Priam and the herald, elders sage, While in his tent's recess Achilles slept, The fair Briseis resting by his side. In night long slumbers lay the other gods And helmet chiefs by gentle sleep subdued. But on the eyes of Hermes, guardian god, no slumber fell, deep pondering in his mind how from the ships in safety to conduct the royal priam, and the guard elude. Above the sleeper's head he stood and cried, Old man, small heed thou takest of coming ill, who, when Achilles gives thee leave to go, Sleepst undisturbed, surrounded by thy foes. Thy son hath been restored, and thou hast paid a generous price. But to redeem thy life, if Agamemnon and the other Greeks should know that thou art here, for thrice so much thy sons, who yet are left, would have to pay. He said, the old man trembled and aroused the herald, while the horses and the mules were yoked by Hermes, who with silent speed drove through the encampment, unobserved of all. But when they came to eddying Xanthus's ford, fair flowing stream, born of immortal Jove, to high Olympus Hermes took his flight, as morn in saffron robe, o'er all the earth was light diffusing they with funeral wail drove cityward the horses following came the mules that drew the litter of the dead the plain they traversed o'er observed of none or man or woman till cassandra fair as golden venus from the topmost height of Pergamus her father in his car, upstanding, saw. The herald at his side him too she saw, who on the litter lay, then lifted up her voice and cried aloud to all the city. Hither, Trojans, come! Both men and women, Hector see, restored. If while he lived, returning from the fight ye met him ere rejoicing, who indeed was all the city's chiefest joy and pride she said Nor man nor woman then was left within the city. O'er the minds of all grief passed resistless. To the gates in throngs they pressed to crowd round him who brought the dead the first to clasp the body were his wife and honored mother eagerly they sprang on the smooth rolling wain to touch the head of hector round them weeping stood the crowd weeping till sunset all the live long day had they before the gates for hector mourned had not old Priam from the car address the crowd. Make way, that so the mules may pass. When to my house I shall have brought my dead, Ye there may vent your sorrow, as ye will. Thus as he spoke, obedient to his word, they stood aside. And for the car made way, but when to Priam's lordly house they came, they laid him on a rich, wrought couch and call' the minstrels in, who by the hero's bed should lead the melancholy chorus. They poured forth the music of the mournful dirge while women's voices joined in loud lament. White-armed Andromache, the wail began, the head of Hector clasping in her hands. My husband, thou art gone in pride of youth, and in thine house hast left me desolate, thy child an infant still, thy child and mine, unhappy parents both nor dare i hope that he may reach the ripeness of his youth for ere that day shall troy in ruin fall since thou art gone her guardian thou whose arm defended her her wives and helpless babes they now shall shortly o'er the sea be borne and with them I shall go, thou too, my child, must follow me to servile labour, doomed the suffering victim of a tyrant lord, unless perchance some angry Greek may seize and dash thee from the tower, a woeful death, whose brother or whose father or whose son by Hector hath been slain for many a greek by hector's hand hath bit the bloody dust not light in battle was thy father's hand therefore for him the general city mourns thou to thy parents bitter grief hast caused hector but bitterest grief of all hast left to me for not to me was given to clasp the hand extended from thy dying bed nor words of wisdom catch which night and day with tears i might have treasured in my heart weeping she spoke the women joined her wail then hecuba took up the loud lament hector of all my children dearest thou dear to the immortals too in life wast thou and they in death have borne thee still in mind for other of my sons his captives made across the watery waste to samos isle or imbros or the inhospitable shore of lemnos hath achilles swift of foot, to slavery sold Thee, when his sharp edged spear hath robbed thee of thy life, he dragged indeed around Patroclus's tomb, his comrade dear, whom thou hadst slain, yet so he raised not up his dead to life again. Now liest thou there all fresh and fair, as dew besprent, like one whom bright Apollo, with his arrows keen, god of the silver bow, hath newly slain, weeping she spoke, and roused the general grief. Then, Helen, the third, the mournful strain renew'd hector of all my brethren dearest thou true godlike paris claims me as his wife who bore me hither would i then had died but twenty years have passed since here i came and left my native land yet ne'er from thee i heard one scornful one degrading word as when from others I have borne reproach, Thy brothers, sisters, or thy brothers' wives, Or mother, for thy sire was ever kind, E'en as a father, thou hast checked them still With tender feeling, and with gentle words. For thee I weep, and for myself no less, for through the breadth of Troy none love me now none kindly look on me but all abhor weeping she spoke and with her wept the crowd at length the aged Priam gave command Haste now, ye Trojans, to the city bring good store of fuel; fear no treacherous wile; for when he sent me from the dark-ripped ships, Achilles promised that from hostile arms till the twelfth morn we should no harm sustain He said, and they, the oxen and the mules yoked to the wains, and from the city thronged. Nine days they labored, and brought back to Troy good store of wood. But when the tenth day's light upon the earth appeared, weeping, they bore brave Hector out, and on the funeral pile laying the glorious dead Applied the torch. While yet the rosy-fingered morn was young, Round noble Hector's pyre the people pressed. When all were gathered round and closely thronged, First on the burning mass, as far as spread the range of fire, They poured the ruddy wine and quenched the flames. His brethren then... And friends, weeping, the hot tears flowing down their cheeks, Collected from the pile the whitened bones. These in a golden casket they enclosed, And o'er it spread soft shawls of purple dye. Then in a grave they laid it, And in haste, with stone, in ponderous masses, Covered o'er. And raised a mound, and watched on every side From sudden inroad of the Greeks to guard. The mound erected, back they turned, And all, assembled duly, shared the solemn feast In Priam's palace, heaven-descended king. Such were the rites to glorious Hector paid. End of Book Twenty-Four Part Two End of The Iliad of Homer Rendered into English blank verse by Edward, Earl of Derby. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.